Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, and normally I would have at my right hand here my co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. However, Pastor and his wife are on a very, very well-deserved vacation for a week, so you're stuck with me until Friday. Uh, <laughs> and because you are stuck with me until Friday, uh, I, I have a little bit of a different format I've decided on. I'm going to do one episode of the Christian Underground News Network per day until this coming Friday. Uh, so that's going to be one episode per day uh, until this coming Friday. If I decide to do more, uh, I'm, I, I will let you know. I may do maybe two episodes a day. Because what I've decided to do is uh, read an audio book. Yes. Yes, the Christian Underground News Network will be your source for audio books also. But uh, one particular book uh, is that I'm going to do is a book that I wrote um, back in late 2011 and uh, got published in early 2012. Um, and it is entitled The Judas Epidemic, Exposing the Betrayal of the Christian Faith in Church and Government, published by Westbow Press uh, in 2012. Westbow Press being a division, a self-publication division of uh, Thomas Nelson Publishers. Uh, I wrote the book uh, for some particular reasons. I, I foresaw some things coming. Uh, there were some things that, quite frankly, made me angry when I read them, uh, and conversely, things that that uh, kind of worried me for uh, the general public, uh, and I felt the Lord leading me to write a book about this, and so I did. Uh, folks, there are many things happening in our world today that that um, <laughs> almost seem surreal. Well, let me rephrase that. They do seem surreal. However, it is our reality now. Uh, so many wicked, vile things, just craziness um, in, happening in, in our government. Uh, government is making far more intrusive steps into our uh, daily lives, and and believe me, that's what they intend to do, uh, and have intended to do so for quite some time. Uh, but we're seeing unprecedented days, uh, and it's alarming. It, it is alarming, uh, and I, I wrote this book because I could see a lot of these things coming. Not not because of any particular prophetic ability that I have, uh, just based on my study of the Bible uh, and understanding the prophetic implications of what is contained in God's Word, uh, was I able to discern this. And uh, I, I think that as I read through this, that you'll see that uh, many of the subject, uh, many of the chapters, uh, subject matter. Uh, relates directly to what we see and hear and have to experience now every day. Uh, 
if I can get through the book quickly enough and within two to three days here, uh, it's only 186 pages long, then uh, I'll spend uh, the rest of the week uh, discussing current events and how a lot of these things in, that I've written in this book uh, relate to what's going on today. So, uh, and it may, may or may not prompt you to go get a copy of the book. That's not why I'm doing it. Uh, however, if that is a byproduct, then that's a byproduct. Uh, I'm, I'm not making any money on the book anymore. So uh, anyway, um, let's get started with uh, a reading of The Judas Epidemic, Exposing the Betrayal of the Christian Faith in Church and Government. The Forward, Watchman on the Wall. But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Ezekiel 33, 6, King James Version. As a Bible-believing fundamentalist Christian of 40 years, I have had a faith deeply rooted in the Word of God, thanks in large part to both my parents, but in particular, thanks to my dad. He made sure that I received sound, biblically doctrinal teaching at a very early age. I can remember that as an extremely young lad of four or five years old, we would, as a family, gather in our bedroom right before bedtime, and dad would read to us from the Bible and also from Our Daily Bread, a daily devotional publication by M.R. D. Hahn's Radio Bible Class. This would occur faithfully every night before we went to sleep. Dad and Mom made sure that the last thing we heard before we closed our eyes for the night was God's wonderful Word. Even as such a young boy, I could definitely see and understand that my dad had a deep love for and dedication to God. I believe that it was directly because of seeing this dedication in my parents that I was able to come to a decision to accept Christ as my personal Savior at the age of 10. I had a keen understanding of what the grace of God actually was by then and was very ready to accept the gift that God so freely gave to me and wanted me to have. I thank God for my parents, that they loved me enough to make sure uh, that I knew about God's love for me. Without their loving dedication to God and their dedication to raising their children and the respect and admonition of the Lord, my life may have turned out very differently. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I love you both. My folks also made certain that I placed the proper emphasis on the regular reading and study of the Bible. My dad would always quote 2 Timothy 2.15 to me, which says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and believe me, I knew that verse by heart before the age of seven or eight. It is because of this that I always knew that the regular study of the Bible would be the guiding force in my life, that it would see me through anything and everything in my life. The Bible has been a staple of my existence for all these years. Although I do not have a formal seminary education, I have studied on my own for many years with the guidance of my dad and many other spirit-filled teachers and mentors, and have acquired what would probably be considered in most circles a better-than-average knowledge of history, both biblical and secular, 
as well as the sciences. I remember asking my dad if my lack of credentials uh, would be an obstacle to writing this book and if it would even be read at all. My dad laughed and said, write the book. And so I did. My regular study of the Bible has also ingrained in me a progressive awareness of my responsibilities as a Christian. One of the most important responsibilities is to be a watchman on the wall. As Christians, it is the responsibility of each and every one of us to be exactly that, to sound the trumpet when we see the enemy approaching. If we fail to warn others of imminent danger, we place them at risk of being taken away in their iniquity and having God require their blood at our hands. I certainly don't want God asking me why I failed to warn others when the need to do so arose. What possible excuse would I have? I can't think of one right now, and I know I would not be able to think of one then. Dear reader, there is a very insidious danger that you need to know about. The trumpet needs to be sounded. This danger is approaching quickly, advancing on our Christian position every day. There are several philosophies of thought being propagated in churches today, as well as secular circles, that threaten to undermine fundamental Christian doctrine. The proponents of these philosophies are well known, recognizable figures of mainline Christian denominations, as well as fringe cults. I am writing the Judas epidemic in order to bring to light the real purposes and intents of several of these most popular uh, schools of religious thought and expose them for exactly what they are, a satanic attempt to undermine, overthrow, and ultimately destroy Christianity. Churches everywhere are beginning to abdicate the gospel at alarming rates, and there will be many Christians who will be deceived into thinking that these philosophies are correct to their peril. Dear friend, realize that this book is one that is intended to sound the trumpet of alarm and warning. In the ensuing chapters of this book, you will learn uh, about some of the most heinous and heretical lies ever propagated by Satan. Lies that present themselves as Christian, but are really nothing more than Trojan horses, such as the purpose-driven movement and the emergent church movement, as well as others, and the incredible leaps they are making with their virulent strains of heresy and apostasy. You'll learn why these heretical philosophies are so very dangerous to our churches and our precious Christian faith. Read on, dear friend, and open your Bibles. The need to recognize Satan for who he is and what he does as the most prolific and adept liar in history has never been more important. May God bless you as you read the Judas Epidemic. Introduction. To all who read this book, there has been, down through the ages, a very real and purposeful conspiracy to thwart the plans of God. 
This conspiracy started in the Garden of Eden when the serpent, Satan, tempted Eve to question what God had commanded by asking her, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? This was Satan's very first attempt to thwart or circumvent the plans of God where mankind was concerned. It was this attempt that resulted in man's fall from the grace of God and also the whole of creation being cursed. What a punishment to be separated from God because of sin. Satan's first attempt, however, was not his last. No, Satan has been uh, really hard at work since the garden, trying to convince mankind that we too can be as gods. That is, that we can know better than God what is good for us. Satan has had great success throughout mankind's history with his subversive techniques of deception, appealing to our baser instincts of pride and self-worth in order to convince us that our Creator didn't really mean what He said, doesn't really know what's best for us, doesn't really have our best interests in mind. Satan's deceptions have only resulted in man glorifying and deifying himself, placing himself above his own Creator as the master of his own destiny. This is a sin of pride, which, by the way, was what caused Satan's own fall from the grace of God. What better way for Satan to bring about the demise of mankind than to employ the very means of his own downfall? This deception was in full swing in the days of Nimrod at the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, during Israel's exodus from captivity in Egypt, Exodus, 30, Exodus 32, and a host of other examples all through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, some of which I will detail later in this book. The point is that this old and ancient method of deception is still in active use today and is experiencing success at an unprecedented rate. It employs the same basic principles of Satan's original deception in the garden, but it comes in a more modern, more socially acceptable more appealing package. The major proponents of this particular deception today are many of the most respected figures of the mainline Christian denominations, and they are wasting no time in adhering to and adopting, in large measure, utterly heretical doctrines that are hardly recognizable as the long-held tenets of the Christian faith. Many, not all, but many of them are doing no more than consciously or unconsciously, betraying and sacrificing the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in order to achieve unity in a one-world religion. I write this book as a warning for sincere Christians and to those non-believers that may be examining Christianity from the periphery not to be taken in or deceived by these false doctrines that are being propagated from outside of the church and from inside it as well. My fervent hope is that this book will awaken every born-again Christian to turn from the apostasy that the postmodern church is nowadays espousing. Also, to every non-believer who may be, for the first time in their lives, examining Christianity, Christianity on their own behalf, 
that this book will be an accurate representation to them of what our Christian faith really is and what the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ can do for them in regard to their eternal security. I'm going to take a sip of water here, folks. Um, reading an audio book is kind of, it's fun, but it's dry. Thank you for indulging me. Let's go to chapter one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter one. Why Christian doctrine is so important. In today's world, where we are bombarded every day with all kinds of information from a myriad of sources we never had access to in years past, like internet, satellite television, and satellite radio transmissions, it's important for us to be able to distinguish between what information is true and what information is false. Giving heed to false information can lead to our demise in many different facets of our lives if we're not careful to discern what information is bad for us or can have a negative influence on our lives. How many of us have seen an advertisement on TV and have thought, man, that really sounds great. I just got to have that. Where's my credit card? So we order, receive, and then find out that what we saw on TV just doesn't look the same in person or just doesn't do what it was advertised to do. I dare say there isn't a person on this planet that hasn't experienced this at least once in their lives. And this happens because we are taken in. We sometimes don't discern properly, even when we have the necessary tools at our disposal to be able to discern properly. We react to the look or the feel or the sound of something and decide whether or not to believe it. We can apply this same process to the adoption of doctrine. How does it look, feel, or sound to us? Is it attractive to us? Does it sound good to us? How does it make us feel? Knowing that the way something looks, sounds, or feels to us, and is primary in our selection process, is critical for us to understand if we are to adopt doctrine that is correct. Even more importantly, is it good for us just because it looks, sounds, or feels good to us? I'd be willing to step out on a limb and say that most of us could think of times that we thought something was good for us at first glance, but found later that we regretted our decision, probably because we did not take the time to really discern if it was good for us or not. So let's take a look at what doctrine really is. The Random House Dictionary defines doctrine as a particular principle or position taught or advocated as of a religion, government, etc. And the second definition is any basic creed. So, basically, it's safe to say that doctrine is what you believe. With that in mind, we must remember that every major religion of the world has a doctrine of its own. Buddhism, Catholicism, Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Christianity, just to name a few, all have their own doctrines that they teach and believe in, 
So how do we know which doctrinal belief system is true and correct? Well, that is where discernment comes in and plays a critical role in our decision-making. It would not be easy to address each of the major religions in one book, unless you don't mind reading the theological equivalent of Tolstoy's War and Peace. So I've decided to examine basic Christian doctrine, give you its basis for authority and truth, and then show you how some of the more contemporary doctrines of today, masking themselves as Christianity, are totally and utterly false doctrines and are as far removed from real Christian doctrine as they can possibly be. Well, you may ask, well, why is it so important to know the differences in these doctrines? And the plain and simple answer is that your eternal security depends on it. Let me repeat that one more time. Your eternal security depends on what you believe. Dear reader, I am writing this book because I care about your eternal security. I care about your soul and where you will spend eternity. I care about whether you will spend an eternity in heaven with God the Father or eternally separated from him in eternal conscious torment in hell. As you read this book, I ask you to keep this one thought in mind. What you believe is critically important to where you will spend eternity. I pray that you will make the right decision. There are those who are willing to lead you astray and deceive you in order to pad their pockets or fill their churches or both at the expense of your eternal security. I do not want that to happen to you. In order to show you the truth, we must examine the core doctrines of Christianity and show you how these postmodern charlatans and their doctrines are false. Now, the five core doctrines of the Christian faith are as follows. Number one, the Trinity. God is one being having three facets of personality. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And each facet of his personality has all the attributes of deity. Number two, the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is both man and God. And as a man, lived a sinless life doing the will of his Father. Jesus Christ is both man and God for all of eternity. Number three, the second coming. Jesus Christ will return to earth in order to rule and judge mankind. Number four, salvation. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, not by any works that we can do here on earth. And five, the Bible. 
The Bible is the infallible, inerrant, Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God and is sufficient as the only authority and guide to living the Christian life. As you read these following chapters, please keep a Bible within easy reach because I don't want you to just take my word about the things that I'm saying in this book. I want you to constantly check the Bible to see if I am telling you the truths that are stated in God's holy word. The Apostle Paul commended the Bereans in Acts 17.11 when he said, quote, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that, they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so, unquote. What Paul was saying was that the Bereans were really doing the right thing by listening to God's word with a ready mind. And after hearing the word, they actually searched the scriptures in order to prove that what they were told was correct. That is all I'm asking of you, dear reader. Search the scriptures and prove to yourself that what I am telling you in this book is true. And may God bless you with his wisdom as you read the Judas epidemic. When we come back from break, uh, we will begin reading chapter two, The Purpose Driven Lie. 